0: There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be
1: shaken. One man, one microphone, one mission. One message.
0: True News, the only newscast reporting the countdown to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And now for the most powerful hour on radio, here is in-time newsman, Rick Wiles. This is True News for Friday, February 25th, 2011. I love music, many types of music. Now you may think I listen to the news all day, but you'd be wrong. Actually, I listen to music a lot, especially in the night when I'm working on the next day's website. Music is one way I keep myself sane while spending hours researching news headlines about a world that's gone insane. And my music tastes are, are varied. I, I listen to all types of music and uh, and different artists uh, every evening. I Everything from Christian hymns such as uh, When I Survey, The Wondrous Cross, to Andre Bocelli's The Prayer, uh, to Jimmy Buffett singing One Particular Harbor, uh, or Johnny Cash and June Carter singing uh, Jackson. I love music. Uh, Whatever your taste, I, I think music should soothe your soul, uplift your spirit, and help you become a better person. And although I'm pretty tolerant about styles of music, there is one music genre that I absolutely despise. I can't stand it. I cringe every time I hear it. I'm talking about hip-hop. There's just something about that musical genre that just upsets my spirit. Well, it upsets my guests, too. Craig Lewis is the pastor of The True Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, He's the host of the Ready radio program, The True Church Perspective. Heard every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. on KHVN AM 970 in the Metroplex. Uh, this is his first time on the program. Pastor Lewis, welcome to True News.
1: It's good to be here.
0: Hey, listen, uh, KHVN, I used to listen to that station when I lived in Fort Worth. Oh, wow. That's a good station.
1: Yeah, yeah, we have, um, we actually come on
0: at 9.30. Oh, 9.30, uh, okay, you're at 9.30 a.m., Sunday yes. mornings. Yes, sir. All right, how long have you been doing the radio program?
1: Um, we're going on three years, uh, coming up pretty quick. Uh, it's been about two and a half years
0: now. Oh, good, all right, and you're the pastor of the True Church.
1: I'm actually pastor of uh, Arlington Bible Church. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, yeah, true church is just the broadcast.
0: That's the broadcast. Okay, so it's the Arlington Bible Church, I assume, in Arlington, Texas. Yes. Fantastic. All right. Um, well, listen, uh, I, I wanted to talk to you about hip hop. You 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 speak out very boldly about it, and um, what what are your thoughts about about hip hop? Hmm.
1: Oh, that's a that's a big, broad question. Uh, we have. We have been fighting um, the hip-hop subculture for about 12 years now. Um, literally, I've just traveled the world and sold um, millions of DVDs on the subject. We have about 16 videos and a book about it, so there's just so much to it. But I guess the, the, the main factor about it is that it is not music. Um, the... the I guess the biggest deception of hip-hop is that it is music, but hip-hop is not music, and no true hip-hopper, whatever, attests to the fact that what they're uh, doing is hip-hop. They always say hip-hop is who you are, not what you do. So hip-hop is a way of life and a subculture and not music. Um, So, you know, I wanted to be clear about that because that's the misconception people you know, think that we're fighting. Uh, I guess uh, rap music as a whole, or the art form of rap, but rapping is just a way of conveying a message, it's just like rhyming. Uh, rap stands for rhythm and poetry. You know, it was it started in the elementary school system when they were rhyming uh, the fundamentals of learning math and alphabets and different things because they understood how the hemispheres of the brain work, so they knew. A repetitious uh, a melody with a beat would ingrain whatever it is, whatever the subject matter is, into the mind of, of the person. So that is where it originated. But the subculture has attached itself to it, and that is where we get the
0: evils. Okay, so, so hip-hop it is not a genre of music. It is a worldview. It is a culture. It is a mindset. It's, it's a viewpoint of life and reality.
1: Yeah, but it's not a culture; it's a subculture. Um, And the reason why you have to be specific about subcultures is kind of like goth is a subculture. It's kind of like the hippie movement was a subculture. What they are is they they deconstruct the ideas of a parent culture. So, say we have the American culture, which we're all a part of. Um, Then you get a group of people that want to be deviant or you know take or deconstruct the rules and laws or the way people govern themselves deconstruct those ideas they form a subculture and the subculture exists inside the parent culture but it makes the members of the subculture uh behave uh, differently or they're deviant or they deviate from uh the ideas of the parent culture and what that what that in turn does and the reason why we fight so hard uh, against this is because no one prospers in a subculture but the leaders of the subculture. So in a subculture of goth or hip-hop or whatever, only the leaders are making the money. The people that emulate the leaders, they are outcasts in society. and They can't function in society because they have deconstructed the ideas of the parent culture. So you have a kid that wants to sag his pants, tattoo his body up, put a lot of jewelry in his mouth, and walk around like that, well, if he's a rapper on TV, he'll make money. The leaders of the subculture will make money. But if he's just a regular kid, he can't get a good job, he can't be trusted, uh, people judge him before he ever opens his mouth. And so that is the danger of deviant subcultures uh, deconstructing the ideas of parent cultures.
0: That's a very good point. The, the leaders of this subculture are getting rich, and at the same time, destroying the lives of all their followers.
1: Right. That's exactly. that's the
0: ultimate selfishness.
1: Ultimate selfishness, um, but that is you know, that that is what people use music for. Um you can go down through history. You can in this nineteen sixties it was the hippie movement. It was the British invasion of America where, you know, even suburban white youth were turning against their parents because of the music of Bob Dylan, the Beatles um, You know, uh, Jim Morrison and guys like that who were behaving, you know, uh, uh lewdly on stage. They had backwards messages to Satan in their music. Uh G- Jim Morrison considered himself a shyman. He would channel spirits on the stage when he performed. Well, this got into the kids and, and turned the kids against their parents. So you had suburban white youth, you know, putting a bandana on their head, grabbing a guitar, getting high on LSD and telling their parents that they can do whatever they want to do with their bodies. And, uh, you know, it was free love and free sex. And that the culture was in, infested with that, uh, the, the parent culture of America, and they became the subculture of the free love, free sex, hippie movement. And so music is always used to, you know, to do this. Actually, Adolf Hitler said, give me the music of a nation, nation's youth and I'll control that nation. So they understand how, you know, if, if you take music, you can deconstruct ideas and you can create a subculture, and the leaders of this movement will get rich and famous at the demise of all of their followers.
0: Uh, Pastor Lewis, if, if, if I read on this radio program the actual lyrics from many of the hip-hop songs, um The FCC would take away the license of the radio stations that are carrying this program. Uh, If if I just read the lyrics in in a plain English manner that everyone would understand what is being said. If if the songs are that vulgar and obscene, then how is this industry getting away with it for so long? And so many radio stations playing this filth and uh, so many record companies uh, promoting it. I mean, it's vulgar. It's obscene. It, it is uh, as degrading as anything you could possibly put in your ears.
1: Who, who? Well, go ahead. It, 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 it's considered self-expression. And if you look at the slow rise of this thing, you would have to go back to Aleister Crowley and his plight to use music as a way of, of hypnosis. And he wanted to hypnotize people and control them with music. Uh, there's also a doctor in England uh, back in the you know 1950s 40s who sought to control people, uh, use mind control in in a club setting. Um, his name is Dr. Mesmer. That's where we get our word mesmerized. He created the pattern of lights that could flash, the pulsating beat and rhythms, the dark, the uh, the darkened room, the smoke. All of these things were used to actually induce hypnosis into a person and cause them to lose temporary consciousness because just like when you ride by and you hear when a car rides by your house and you hear the bass and it rumbles your house and you're wondering how in the world are they surviving that inside of that car. Well, that bass is causing their heart to palpitate. When their heart palpitates, they aren't oxygenated properly. And so the deoxygenization process gives them a buzz. So they're literally getting high off the music, and this was something Dr. Mesmer had proved. This is something Dr. Roy H. Williams had proved, with the, the guy who wrote Thought Particles, and they they've come to the conclusion that these people are getting high, and people don't like when you mess with their high. So if you do, if you look at the slow incline of this, the, the way music uh, is now, there was a long path to get it here. You had you know the Beatles, you had all these others who did sinful things in their music, but they would fight the courts and fight, you know, uh, the the parents for, you know, freedom of expression. And it just grew and grew until we get now. you remember back in 19, I think it was 1986, the two live crew went to the Supreme Court because they had a song called Me So Horny and they wanted this song played and they had all kinds of lewd lyrics. It went to the Supreme Court and they actually beat the, uh, the, those that were against him and actually won the Supreme Court case. And at that point, freedom of expression became big in music. Music is the only place where you can do whatever you want to do and not be governed by any kind of rules. You can pack out a stadium being as lewd and as explicit as you want to be. And the reason for that is, in heaven, Lucifer was a musician. His body was covered with pipes. He was a musical being. When he was cast down to earth, he became Satan, but he's still a music maker. And this is his area. This is where he festers, and, you know, nobody says anything when it comes to what he's doing through music.
0: Uh, Pastor, you mentioned earlier Alistair Crowley, and that, that tells me um, you you are, are aware of the satanic roots of of um, uh, our modern pop culture music. Um. Who are the Who are the real people? Who What are the real powers that are behind uh, not only hip hop but the other forms of of decadent music that have um, destroyed the minds and souls of so many millions of young people?
1: Um. Well, there are people that worship Satan. It's the Illuminati. It's the you know the high high level thirty third degree ranking Freemasons. It's you know, the the guys at the top. They oh, man. tell, tell you know, the they truth study Crowley. <laughs> Excuse
0: me. I said tell the truth, keep going.
1: Oh yeah. Well they understand. They study Crowley. Crowley's influence on our money. His influence on, you know, uh Thomas Milton, his influence on Franklin D. Roosevelt. All these guys were influenced by Alistair Crowley, including the Beatles and all of these guys. Well he was a thirty third degree Freemason and also he was a high ranking Gnostic. And he created the Gnostic Mass. So these guys understand church. They understand that if you keep Christians listening to uh, some of these artists, the Christians won't won't have a clue because they'll be a part of the the, the grand deception that is going on right now. Uh, look at the people who are selling the music. You got uh, Jimmy Iovine, who is over Universal Music, who sells pretty much all of hip hop and any other new rock, uh, heavy metal. Music. He's over Interscope Records, which is Universal Music. What do you well, know about him? Who? What do you know about him? What do I know about Jimmy Iovine? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he likes to promote the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, he started out promoting groups like Insane Clown Posse and some of these other underground satanic groups, and now he's he's selling the worst of the worst, and then he's also selling gospel music. So, oh, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh wait a <laughs> minute! He he, well, he well, so he's selling some gospel.
0: Go- he's selling some gospel music too.
1: Yeah, he's selling gospel music. He's buying up all the gospel music. All of the gospel music that is popular now, it has been purchased and sold by these same entities. They don't want any music uh, outside of the industry having any success. That's why it's so hard for an independent artist to sell. On I mean, an independent artist, it'll take them a year to sell a thousand CDs. So they they understand, they shut it down to where, you know, you're going to have to go through them. You're going to have to go through the devil to sell music on a large scale in this nation. And that's the bottom line. That's the way they want it. That's the way it is.
0: So the synagogue of Satan is buying up all of the Christian record labels.
1: Already done it. It's 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 done. That happened in the 90s. So all of the Christian labels. When they finish their albums, their albums have to go into the mastering house and sit in the five-point pentagram with the black candles around it, just like all the rest of the music.
0: You want to say that again?
1: <laughs> I said They've already been bought, <laughs> yeah. all of them. So they've all signed onto these secular companies, and when they finish their masters, their masters have to go sit in the middle of the five-point pentagram with the black candles, just like all the rest of the music. They're going to do a ceremony with it, whether they're gospel, whether they're rock, whether they're hip-hop or or whatever. The the ceremony is going to be done because Satan wants credit for all the music that comes out. Um, He wants his job back, his position back. He wants to be chief musician. And so that's the way it is. And then the affectation that drives people, the, the desire for fame, the desire for fortune, the desire to be known, to be seen, to be applauded, those are the things that drive the people that will sign a deal and give away their rights to their own music and their own uh, creative ability.
0: You know, Pastor, I, I have uh, believed for a long time that many, many artists who who achieve worldwide fame and wealth, literally sold their soul to Satan. Uh, I, I believe there's evidence if, if you if you research their lives and their statements, you will find clues indicating that they sold their souls to satan i i give you an example um a, a few t- t- two or three days after michael jackson passed away i i read an article i i i believe it was uh, los angeles times and uh they quoted a close friend of michael jackson and he said you know he was uh, shocked by michael's passing and he said he said just i saw him just days before he died and and you know he said um Michael said to me um, he had sold his soul to Satan. And, and this person who was being quoted by the L.A. Times, he said something like, he said, I, I'm sure he was referring to a bad business deal he had to make with the record industry. But when I read it, though, Pastor, I thought, no, he was literally telling this man the truth. I sold my soul to Satan. I can't get out of this thing. It's killing me.
1: Yeah, we we have a video about Michael Jackson. Uh, it's our Truth Behind Hip Hop Part Five video, and I go in depth into Michael Jackson, the things he was into. I researched his music, his songs. He has lyrics that blaspheme God. He had connections with Aleister Crowley. Uh, he has uh, even has a uh, had a thirty foot statue built of himself with seven 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 on his sleeve, and the seven 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 is. Alistair Crowley's book, uh, Quabalistic Writings, that teach you how to channel spirits to get fame. And this is the book that most people uh, that are high-level entertainers and and politicians and you name it, they all study Crowley's book, The 777, because this is the way you learn how to, you know, get a spirit in you that will cause people to worship you as a god. And uh, uh, Michael Jackson was heavily into that. And so we broke that down in our video. Um, our videos are available at exministries.com, and uh, that particular video is uh, The Truth Behind Hip Hop Part 5. And so we've, we've studied all of this, and, you know, we've done it for years, and it's the same pattern. And now you're, you're beginning to see it even in Christian artists. You're beginning to see the Christian artists, their image changing and their music, music changing, and then who they will record with and who they will grace the stage with is totally changing now. There are no boundaries. There are no dividing lines. It's like God told Ezekiel he was upset because the people aren't making a difference between the sacred and the profane. Well, now they're not making a difference at all when it comes to music.
0: Because, because the Christian artists are now being managed by the same people who are producing Satan's music.
1: Yeah, they're not being managed. They're being owned.
0: They are, they're owned.
1: Yeah, they're, they're signing the same contracts. We have the contracts. We've seen them. We've studied them. They're signing the exact same contracts as secular artists, meaning they're giving up their rights to their name and who they are for the sake of fame and to be promoted.
0: Literally giving up their names.
1: Yeah, giving up their names. They don't own their names. When you're on a contract, you sign away the right to who you are. So you become a product. You're a product of that company or that corporation, and they can do whatever they want with their product.
0: Um, who? We only have a few minutes here. Um, who are some of the other um, artists currently alive and performing right now that that you are convinced is, uh, you know, just flat out sold out to to Satan?
1: Well, I don't like to answer that question because the thing about secret societies, the thing about the OTO, the Seven Seven Seven, Aleister Crowley. It's also secretive. The minute you try to implement anyone, they can just hide behind uh, uh, the idea of you not being enlightened, Mm -hmm. or you not having the the gnosis is what they call it, the Gnostics call it. You don't have the gnosis or the knowledge. You don't know because you don't have proof because everything is so secretive. But by the symbols and the the different things, um, I've seen, you know, Beyonce, I've seen – Jay-Z, I've seen Lady Gaga, I've seen, you know, artists like that uh, express themselves in some kind of satanic manner, Lil Wayne's one of the rappers, Drake, Trey Songz, all of these different people. I've seen them throw up symbols and do things that signal, you know, the 666 or 777 of Aleister Crowley or the Illuminati or the, you know, the pyramid with the eye in the middle of it, Mm -hmm. uh, the unfinished Tower of Babel, you know, all of the different uh, Illuminati, uh, symbols. I've seen them use those. So, you know, I believe that they're, they're letting people know what they're a part of, uh, just like Michael Jackson with the seven, seven, seven on his sleeve. And they let you know their, who their alliance, who their allegiance is with. But when you question, when you question them about it, they can easily take the back door of secrecy and say, I don't know what you're talking about. That's because, you know, they keep so many
0: secrets. Yes, I understand. Um, this stuff creeping, uh, it's not even creeping, it's running into the church now. Um, several weeks ago or a month ago, I was uh, watching one of the, uh, uh, mega TV, uh, mega church TV programs, and, and they were, um, they were interviewing a young pastor, uh, who has a, uh, a hip hop church, you know, and he's, 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 uh, you know, he was being presented as the cool, uh, edgy pastor, you know, that's, uh, that's, uh, attracting thousands of young people to his church. And, and they showed a video uh, of him preaching and, uh, you know, the church to me, it looked like, it looked like a dark nightclub. There were thousands of people there, young people all in their twenties, early thirties. And, you know, they were banging their heads and it looked, it looked like any other, it looked like a rock concert, you know? Um, yeah. but you know, I, the the guy, pastor. I mean, if you listen to him on the surface level, he sounded Christian. I mean, he was saying all the Christian things, but you know, my spirit was just really uneasy about this guy. And I I, I kept watching, I kept listening, trying to figure out this guy, and and so I, I felt impressed uh, by the Lord. Just go to his church website. So I I went over to his church website and watched his sermons. <laughs> And watched, and, and I focused in on his hands. And you, if you, you know, you you just had to keep your eyes on his hands, and constantly, as he was preaching, he would flash the the horn devil sign. I mean, it would only be there for a split second, but I would stop the frames and look at it. And it was it happened over and over and over as he was preaching. I, I Pastor, these guys are literally cursing these children, these these young people and, and calling it church.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the Bible tells us that Satan is able to transform himself into an angel of light, but people ignore the scripture right after that. Right after that, he says, if he can do that, then why can't he turn his ministers into ministers of righteousness? So we're seeing this on a grand scale. I mean, Rick Warren uses... Stairway to Heaven to welcome his visitors into the church. Stairway to Heaven is a song by Led Zeppelin, and it's a. If you play it backwards, it's a praise and worship song to Satan. The they, toxic,
0: Rick Warren is playing Led Zeppelin in his church.
1: Yeah, yeah. Rick Warren plays Led Zeppelin at his church. Uh, you take T.D. Jakes or Bishop Eddie Long. They play secular hip hop in their youth rooms. I've had people go to their go to their churches and have to take their youth out of there, take them home. Because these guys play full blown secular hip hop in their youth rooms, uh, they've even had visitations from uh, hip hop artists that come, and the church recognizes them and claps for them and applauses. And so you, you got to realize this is about the money. You know, these guys, if they can make some money, you know, they're going to sell. <laughs> they're going to sell the opportunity to. to uh, I mean, they're going to sell or compromise uh, so that they can sell the people on you know, the artists that they're using. I mean, T.D. Jakes comes out with movies, and he uses these same artists, these same actors, and these same, you know, uh, secular products in his movies and different things. So these guys have gone a long way to mix and merge the sacred with the profane, and it is, that is what is destroying our youth. That's why it's hard to take the music away from them and tell them there's something wrong with the music if you have the endorsement from the leadership. What the leaders do in moderation the youth are going
0: to do in excess so so the, the the big mega church pastors are they're they're bringing the world into the church they're mixing the holy with the profane the people sitting in the pews watching this on TV they can't distinguish anymore what is holy what is profane they don't know what's worldly what is heavenly it's all the same well, now
1: well 2 Timothy teaches us that it's not the leaders that are doing it it's the people the Bible says that the people would heap up on themselves teachers having itching ears. So the people are choosing these leaders because they want this. They want the merge of the sacred and the profane. They want to be able to enjoy the sinful, secular side of things as well as the Christian side of things. Uh, T.D. Jakes, Rick Warren, guys like that wouldn't have any money and they wouldn't have an audience if the people hadn't heaped them upon themselves. So, you know, I used to blame the leaders and say, God is going to get these leaders. And, man, but now I've learned. I've learned a hard lesson. It's not the leaders. The people want their heads stuck in the sand. They want what they want. And so they choose lascivious leaders to lead them into the debauchery that they, you know, that they uh, dwell in.
0: And if these big preachers didn't do it, the the people would find somebody else.
1: Yes, sir. They will find somebody. They would create someone. They would do just like the that the children of Israel did with Saul. You know, they were, hey, we want to be like the heathen nations. Give us a king.
0: And, and and I've said for many years that the people supporting these ministries uh they're enablers. You're giving them money. You're buying their products. You're watching their programs. You you are enabling them to do these things. So if if you're sending money to these big ministries that are doing this stuff, you you are the guilty one because um, they wouldn't exist without your money. That's uh, right. It's just as simple as that. So that's really what it comes down to. Um, the, the, people, as you say, there, there are enough people in this country claiming to be Christian, but they really want the world. They're just like the Israelites who wanted to say that they worship the God of Israel, Yahweh, but at the same time, they wanted to be able to worship Baal. And, and, and so they, they weren't, uh, 100% Baal worshipers they were splitting the worship between mm-hmm. Yahweh and Baal. Yep. And that's what we're doing in the churches today. We're yeah. worshiping Jesus and we're worshiping Lucifer. That's
1: right. And and he- inherently, if you worship Jesus
0: and Lucifer, you're worshiping
1: Lucifer.
0: That's right. You cannot serve two masters. That's right. I, hey, you know, there are no suburbs in hell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're either in the downtown or you're not there. I mean, that's all there is to it, you know. And yeah. a, a lot of people are going to discover that when, when when they close their eyes for the last time. Well, my guest today, Pastor Craig Lewis. Uh, the ministry is exministries.com. It is full of teaching materials uh, about uh, the topics we've been talking about today. Again, ex ministries.com pastor i'm really encouraged that guys like you are out there um it really is very encouraging because on this program we talk about this stuff a lot and um it, it's good to know that there are local church pastors out there that are refusing to bow their knee to bail mm-hmm. and uh the, po- the folks listening to this program you need to know there are a lot of pastors who haven't compromised will not compromise they're going to stand for jesus christ and these are the pastors we need to be supporting and praying and for and lifting them up to the lord uh because uh not everybody not everybody has uh, sold out uh there's a really um there's a lot who haven't sold out and and it's time that we start uh lifting these pastors up and and uh, supporting them in prayer and, and our finances. So, Pastor, God bless you. Thank you for what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I, I wanted to say this right before you sign off. Sure. We are in constant prayer for all the people we're talking about. Uh, we, You know, we, we are praying that God will turn their hearts around and open their eyes. So we, we have a constant prayer. We have a prayer line that we pray, you know, over the phone, and we, we really intercede for all of these people, because we just feel like that this deception is growing
0: and people need to wake up. Amen. Amen. The, the best thing we can do right now is, is just preach the truth as hard yes. as we can. And uh, more and more people will distinguish uh, the difference between the real and the unreal. Again, my my guest, uh, Pastor Craig Lewis, and it is ex-ministries, exministries.com, exministries.com. Thank you, Pastor. Yes. Thank you. All right, I'm Rick Wiles. You're listening to True News, and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes with the rest of the program.